people are resigning because their work doesn't suit them anymore. I would highly recommend Hot Six. Nothing is unachievable. The superpowers that they have can create a difference in people's lives. You are listening to the Invisible Skyscrapers podcast. Hi, welcome to the Invisible Skyscrapers podcast with my very fine guest here, Ross. It is episode 13. <laughs> Ross is a bit of a horror fan, which we'll delve into shortly. We're just talking to the team from Adelaide at the moment to see more about them. So take it away, Erica. Yeah, so I guess, Ross, do you want to share how you ended up in this chair you're sitting in right now. He walked from that office into here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone bought me a plane ticket and here I am. I've been programming since a very young age, eight years old. I started on the old Commodore 64 and just been doing bits and pieces since. Yeah, worked for a couple of different developers here and there and now I'm here. There you go. So eight years old was also when you became Captain Magic. It was, it yes. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. From yeah. So anyone listening to this, Ross is into magic and poker and horror movies. Yeah, so. magic, poker, horror movies and programming. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes they can be horror movies too. Yeah. <laughs> I got into magic because my grandfather did magic and my dad did a bit of magic and naturally I do magic. So yeah, I guess it's a bit of a family thing and I've wow. just, just run with it. I've run with it a lot further than my dad or my granddad ever did. Yep. Yeah, and you're actually pretty good, like you... I guess I'm okay. I'm no, no David Copperfield. What's the biggest gig you've ever done? I mostly do, I don't really do stage shows, so I do what you call corporate magic or walk-around yep. magic. Yep. So it's usually a corporate function or a trade show sort of thing, and you yep. literally walk around the field and just do bits and pieces of magic for people. It's a bit hard to fly with a tiger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> community events. I've yep. done community events where there's been 2,000 people there. They're not all watching me at the same time. It's No, you're just walking through the crowd, yeah. picking people's pockets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and the Texas Hold'em, did that start a bit later than the Magic? Yeah, the, I've, I've been into playing poker probably for, I'll probably say, she's probably been 15 years now. She's been a lot longer than I thought. Yep. So I lived in... Queensland for a couple of years and at the local pub or RSL they call them up there started advertising they were going to be running poker games and um, that's where I thought oh that sounds cool let's try it and just yeah loved it from there. Do you consider yourself a good player? I do. (laughs) Other people may not I don't know. Yeah so do you have mirror shades? (laughs) No 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 cheating definitely no cheating involved. So you have a good poker face? Yeah. Yeah, I like to think I do. Yeah. So what is it about poker that you like? Oh, it's mostly, it's not really the game, it's more just the social interaction, I think. Yep. You know, the, what they call table talk, yep. you're talking with the players on the table. Do you do it like the James Bond thing? You play the man across from his hand or whatever he said in that movie? Casino I, Royale? I haven't actually seen that movie. Have so you? No, oh, no, you need to see it. There's a dude and his eye bleeds and there's all sorts of stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. But there's def- definitely a lot of what we call Hollywood involved in playing poker, you know, when you're trying to bluff your hand and yep. get the other person to fold. When you want them to call because you know you've got the winning hand. Yep. Yeah, definitely on the bucket list to go to Vegas. I've done, obviously I've done tournaments in Adelaide. I've done tournaments in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Monte Carlo. I'd like to do that. Yeah, yeah go to a, go to one of those casinos in Monte Carlo. I think Australian casinos have too many poker machines in them. Yes, yeah. they do. My, my early background is filmmaking. Um, so I come from doing sort of filmmaking and special effects makeup. And I was looking for a job and a friend got me 
a friend of a friend got me a job at the University of South Australia in their audiovisual department mm. and I was there for seven years and basically what we did there was we looked after all of the lecture theatres and shoot rooms, so projectors, TV screens and the whole AV sort of system. And then from there I just naturally migrated to one of our vendors and worked for them. Basically doing the same thing but designing AV systems for yep. a whole range of clients. Classrooms, schools, boardrooms for corporates, through to large stadium designs. I got into AV, I went into, there was a local electrical retailer here. And I've still got the camera, it's just up there. And I walked into, I was only new in the business, I walked into this retailer and walked up to this cabinet and went, that's not a normal handicam. That's one of those new DV handicams. And I got very excited about it and one of the owners, there was a family that owned this business, got talking to him about it and saying how excited I was to see this particular camera. Anyway, about a month later, he rang me up and said, so are you going to come and get your camera? And I said, what? I can't afford that. It was like 10 grand. Like literally, the business was only turning over probably 40 or 50 grand at that stage. He said, no, you can pay it off. And that's how I got into AV. Anyway, I bought this camera, didn't know what to do with it. And then the same family rang me and said, oh, now that you've got that camera, do you make TV commercials? I've never made a TV commercial, so I said yes. <laughs> and that's how it started. Yeah. My interest in that space, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to delve into the horror component? Because you also kind of like to dip your toe in that field as well. I do, probably not to the same extent that um, Ross does. I certainly know the directors he talks about and stuff like that. My family teases me about Blade. I love Blade. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Blade fanatic. There's not much to the Blade movies, but good old Wesley Snipes running around yep. as a vampire with his leather gear on. It excites me in a good way. So what's your favourite genre? Are there genres in horror? Absolutely. Yep. And I love zombie films. I have zombies tattooed on my legs, so I'm right into that. And yeah, I don't know, just from a young age, I've always been fascinated from horror movies. And from there, I actually got into doing special effects makeup. Yep. So that's where Robert Rodriguez does his thing, isn't it? Yeah. Zombies. Yeah, he does a bit um, of that. And what's that really classic horror? Well, it's not really a horror movie. Is it Army of the Dead? What's that one where the dudes run around with a chainsaw attached to his arm? Oh, Evil Dead. Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. Yeah, 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 with yeah. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I actually do like that. It's a yeah. classic, funny. Movie. I love Evil Dead. It's yeah, a great yeah, yeah. film. So, if you could work in that space, would you? Hundred percent. I actually went to university and started doing uh, filmmaking for whatever reasons. I never ended up finishing it, and yep. yeah, I've just done sort of private work. And now, tell us about the names of your pets. My pets were, all of my pets are named after horror characters. So I've got two dogs, uh, yep. Chucky and Annabelle. We've got two cats, they are named Georgie from It, so yep. the, the young child in It. And I have a mental <laughs> blank as to my other cat's name. Riley? What did I call my cat? I don't I've know. got a complete <laughs> mental blank as to my other cat's my name. My youngest son, Fred, is terrified of the It clown. Absolutely yep. terrified. Just He just... Oh, Ripley. Sorry. Yeah, Ripley, Ripley, yeah, Ripley from Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I really like Alien too. Yeah. yeah. Classic movies. Yeah. 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 So if you were to pick if you were to pick some sort of dream thing to do, being involved as an extra or makeup artist or something like that, would you do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a very it's a very cool thing to be involved in. I, I don't really get to do the horror side hobbies, so there's not a lot of work in it and you have I'm just started here. Some yeah. of the horror code that you're running yeah. into. <laughs> I'm right into the tech and I always have been, I think. The horror movie stuff has always been more of a hobby. So for Halloween, we go full out and we actually build a walk-through maze in the front yard and uh, scare all the kids. It's great. As Erica would attest to, living in Alice Springs, Halloween is a very big part of the town because 
We've had Americans living in Alice since 1960. So I grew up with Halloween when it wasn't a thing in Australia. And so when I used to go to other places and pay, people say, what's this Halloween thing? Whereas now Halloween's a universal thing. I would say our town goes crazy. And it does. Mm. Halloween, Alice goes nuts. And it is a very big part of the town and a very big part of growing up mm. yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Just because there's that influence in the culture. Yeah. It probably doesn't have quite the same meaning as the Americans put to it. It's more seen as the kids getting bags and bags of lollies. And I live in a street where there's Americans that live and we get inundated. In fact, before I had children, we used to have to turn our lights off in our house and hide. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you'd just be get pested for yeah. trick or treat. Last year with our display, we had people lining up before we opened. Yep. And it was five hours of just a massive line of people coming through. It was crazy. Yeah. So cool. Um, what do you think of the Red Centre so far? Oh, it's great. It's dry, mm-hmm. definitely very dry. But I uh, know I've enjoyed some of the sites we've been out to, testing my memory on what they were called. But uh, Oh, you've got camels. Camels are fun to ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right, it is dry. It is a very dry climate, but it also means that it's not too hot. It's a very pleasant climate too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weather's great right now. Yeah, and what Ricky was saying, I said to her that just the, how big your skies are here. Like having lived in Adelaide and lived in mm-hmm. other places, then you move somewhere like here and you can almost see the curvature of the earth. We went to the earth sanctuary the other yep. night and it's just amazing at how much you yeah. can see in the sky and it's crystal clear. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you're so close to town and you've still got the light pollution, but like out there with the boys on that earth sanctuary, is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like coming out here has provided some context on what you've kind of heard on the other end of the phone with Met, met me, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We're just meeting some of the clients. Yeah, MacSafe the other day, that was eye-opening to actually see what they do and what goes on. And Cristiano is a legend. Yes. Absolute legend. He's got the patience of a saint. He really does. Yeah, they're doing good work. The Invisible Skyscrapers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hut6, innovating a future for all. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe on all of our podcasting platforms and give us a share and follow on Facebook and LinkedIn. And if there's anything you want us to cover in one of our episodes, send us a line or leave a comment and we'll get back to you. Do you, we've talked a lot about horror, but on the other side of the spectrum, do you consider yourself like Superman? (laughs) No, definitely not. (laughs) No, but what would your superpower be? Domination? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. <laughs> it's the same as me. Yeah. Isn't that what everyone well, wants? Autocracy is the best type of democracy. Oh, yeah. So Trump would say anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would jump in and say your superpower is the fact that you come from a varied background, so you don't freak out. when Because there's been... Because it, we've evolved as a business, we've gone from a couple of people mm-hmm. and then we decided a couple of years ago we were going to go into what we're doing. And that's our challenges. We'll continue to have challenges as we start to work through that. I haven't seen you go white yet. Um, you might have. I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen. And even when some of those situations have been not ideal, it seems to me that you seem to bounce along pretty easily. Yeah. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the benchmark I use, which Erica thinks is funny, as long as you're not dead and bleeding on the ground, everything else is good. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone feels like that. Yeah. And sometimes that does get me into trouble with the engineering team. <laughs> And I guess you've come to Hut6 back from the audio-visual world. What kind of made you want to come back in the first place to come back into tech? Something I've always enjoyed doing, and I think in terms of that sort of AV engineering role, I reached the peak of what I could do. 
Yeah. And do you want to like master more like skills? And yeah, absolutely. I want to learn what the cutting edge technology is in terms of web development and app development. And, and particularly because of the geographical issues that we face with internet connections and stuff like mm. that, some of the things that Luke's gone into, like Angular and stuff like that, may not feel cutting edge, but not a lot of people are doing it. Mm. it that sort of offline stuff. And it's interesting that most people wouldn't even know for a moment that internet access isn't available. It, Telstra keeps telling us it's 90% of the country's covered. Yeah. What they're not saying is that it, it's one and a half meg, if you're lucky, yeah. in those 90% areas. So that is a significant challenge when you're doing what you do, yeah. And how do the two of you kind of keep abreast of what's kind of new in the industry so you don't get left behind? Oh, Reddit. I'm on Reddit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true. I get a daily tech email which tells me, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. now I just, I go down rabbit holes and I look at stuff. So I'm often exploring stuff and looking at new ideas. And you probably see when I forward emails through into Jira and stuff. It may not be something, but it's always a point of discussion. I like to have points of discussion, even if it's look, that's really crap, because I don't know as much as what you guys know. Um, I do think there's no point sitting still, and it's easy to get comfortable. You look at the conversations we've had in the last week, and talk about getting rid of websites completely, when that was the basis of what we did 10 years ago. Everything we did was around a website, whereas it's just not the case now. Pushing that boundary of the technology, I think, and, and providing something to clients that others can't provide or don't know how to provide. I haven't seen before. Yeah. 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 And what I would say to that is with that technology, and I talk about these superpowers, with that technology comes that ability to do something that people don't see and being happy with the fact that they don't see it, but it just works. That's what I like us to be pushing down the road of, that it's light for them. It's heavy duty for us, but it's light for the person on the other end that they're that barrier to through literacy, technologies, socioeconomic, whatever it happens to be, isn't there anymore. They can just use it. Yeah. And I think the IT industry suffers a bit from let's make it difficult because then we all have to have this shared knowledge on how to use it. I think we should make it simpler, mm-hmm. as simple as we can. Being episode 13, what's your favourite horror movie of all time? My favourite horror movie of all time is called Dawn of the Dead. Yes. And it's by George Romero. Yes. Who unfortunately is no longer with us. But yeah, and again, zombie film. Yep. And I love all of his films and his all of his dead films, as they're called. You need to go to Mexico, I think. Mexico to their yep. festival? Yep, yep. Day of the Dead. And that's also in another James Bond movie too. Yeah. I like James Bond. This is a dear little secret I've got. Yeah. When I was 12, growing up in Alice Springs, we didn't have television. We had the ABC for about four or five hours a day. I don't even think I was too old, maybe 10. And so our public library was this little wooden building and they had this whole section of all the James Bond books, paperbacks. I read them all, more than once. So I was very, I'm very much a James Bond bit of a aficionado. And also, just like Amy, I'm also a closet Elvis fan. Bad, eh? So misogynistic <laughs> heroes. <laughs> but yeah, no, so when Daniel Craig came out with their first James Bond movie, having had to put up with Timothy Dalton and all the rest of the monsters that were James Bonds, I was pretty happy. Made a very good James Bond, there you go. We'll close it there. Episode 13, Day of the Dead, James Bond, Elvis, new tech, and we'll sign it off from there and we'll talk to more people along the way. Thanks for listening. Thank you. People are resigning because their work doesn't suit them anymore. I would highly recommend Hot Six. Nothing is unachievable. The superpowers that they have can create a difference in people's lives. 
You are listening to the Invisible Skyscrapers podcast. 